Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I spoke with Mark Will. Mark is a writer and musician in permanent exile. Currently based on the island of Taiwan, he's also the editor-in-chief of Cadmus and Harmony Media. His most recent book is the story collection, Jigs and Tales of Baldry. Will is also the director of the Taipei-based musical collective, AI, whose album Camina Formosa Deluxe is scheduled for release in March of 2020. He talked about writing and recording the album in Taiwan, themes and issues in the songs, the songwriting process, and of course there's a couple of songs from the album. We also have a look at the top five at the end of the podcast, so stick around for that, it's always a bit of fun. With all that in mind, let's get right to it. Here's Mark Will. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Craig. Good to be with you. I hope you're well. Not too bad. Yeah, we're actually Chinese, speaking... Chinese New Year here. There may be some fireworks in the background. Oh, and it's Saturday night as well, so... There you go. <laughs> How long are you off work for? Uh, I'm off until the 10th of February. Oh, that's not so, a bad little stretch. No, it's all right. I'm, uh, I'm not going anywhere. I thought I'd use this time to cross some things off my list. A lot of things that I meant to do before the end of last year, I, I didn't finish them. So maybe I can during this break. Cool. How, how are the Taiwanese reacting to the, you know, the virus situation in China? Um, I don't know. I've not really heard too much about it. I don't know that anyone here is really that concerned. There was some reaction to the situation in Hong Kong, but that seems to have passed. And of course, you've just had the recent uh, presidential election as well. Yeah, yeah. The incumbent uh, won another term by a landslide. Yeah, I saw that. So we shall see how that transpires. Well, her, uh, I don't know if you followed it closely, but her uh, opponent, her primary opponent was uh, basically the Taiwanese Trump, as far as I can tell. So <clears throat> I, don't, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, support the, the lady that won, but I'm certainly glad that the, <clears throat> the guy she was running against was defeated. Yeah, the lesser of two evils and all that. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, we're here, here not to talk about weather, fireworks, or, uh, you know, Trumpisms and all that, but maybe, maybe in the, the due process of this conversation, it might uh, rear its ugly head again. Yeah. We're here. We're here to talk about the the music primarily. Mark, could you tell us uh, where you, how you ended up in Taiwan, and you know? Um, I came here in 2010, summer of 2010. So I've been here almost 10 years. Um, as you know, I was in Korea before that uh, for roughly five years. Um, so 
I've been uh, away from home, as it were, for almost 15 years. Well, it's one of these kind of deep philosophical questions. Where is home? It's, it's an expat. It's, yeah, it's where you are at the moment, I think. But home home for you, or at least, you know, where you're yeah, from originally? I'm, I'm originally from the States, but I, I, I don't feel that it's home. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just uh, <clears throat> a place I go to visit. Uh, friends and family, you know, I, I don't see myself living there or working there ever again. Yeah, I mean, at the at the moment, Taiwan is home, and for the foreseeable future, I think it will remain home until the islands underwater or, you know, China takes over. <laughs> Whatever comes first, there. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> We'll see. I know that you're a very uh, productive person, you know, artistically with uh, with the writing and with the music and all sorts of other things in between. Primarily, we're going to focus on uh, an album today. Could you tell us a little more about the AI project and the, the album, Carmina Formosa? Sure. Uh, so I'm the director, I guess you could say, of the uh, Taipei-based musical collective, I. That is the phonetic transcription, open square bracket, lowercase a, lowercase i, closed square bracket. Uh, so yeah, it's pronounced i like first person singular or the ocular organ that you see with or the Chinese or Japanese word for love. What else? German egg, right? <laughs> Spanish. I, 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 and, uh, well, Scottish, A-Y-E, yes. So a lot of, lot of meanings there. Uh, it's a visual pun, I guess you could say. But anyway, uh, I started in, I don't know, 2014, I guess, when I met the virtuoso guitarist Oren Avney, and um, I started to show him the, the songs that I was working on at the time because I had the idea of, of recording a new album after, you know, the one that, that you and I worked on in Korea. Um, I thought I would write some songs and record new material here. So we started playing together and I, I wrote all the songs on an old acoustic, but then he he uh, added his brilliant uh, electric guitar arrangements, and I added some bass. Then we found a drummer and a good studio to record in. And in 2016, we came out with Carmina Formosa, which was basically just guitar, drums, bass, vocals, um, and that was it. Uh, but I always felt like something else could be done with the arrangements. I always was hearing like other sounds. And so I wanted to add keyboards and more percussion and more production. And so I started working on something called Carmino Formosa Deluxe. And uh, yeah, it took, well, Carmino Formosa came out in 2016 and I just, we just finished uh, mastering Carmina Formosa Deluxe a couple weeks ago. Uh, that'll be out probably March of this year. Uh, I still need to 
have the artwork completed, but hopefully it'll be on Spotify and all the other platforms by March of 2020. That's something to kind of look forward to then, eh? So we're expecting some uh, some embellishments and a little bit of uh, extras here and there. Yeah, it's a, a bigger sound overall. Uh, the keyboards really add a lot of color to the arrangements, I feel. More color and more drama, more emotion. That's what I was looking for, and I think we succeeded with that. So the band, the band itself, you, you mentioned the guitar player there. Uh, he's an expat, I'm guessing? Well, yeah, but uh, he's gone now. Um, yeah, he, he's an Israeli national, uh, but he left a couple of years ago. He hasn't been involved with the uh, Carmina Formosa Deluxe project at all. I mean, his guitar, his guitar tracks are still the basis for, you know, the, the uh, arrangements that we used on the new album, but he, he was not involved in the production at all. And he won't be involved in any future projects because he's not here anymore. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he left. So I'm going to have to find a new guitarist and, uh, you know, for the other for the other positions, I just uh, use uh, studio musicians that I I like playing with. How did you get in contact with them? Uh, I know from our time in South Korea, we use things like Craigslist or yeah, going even way back in that it would be your MySpace. But in Taiwan, when you're moving to a new countries and expat, you've got to learn all these other you know platforms or find out what's the best yeah. way to get hold of people. So how did you go about that? Yeah. Well, uh, the drummer that we used on the original Carmina Formosa recordings back in 2014, 2013, 2013, 2014. Um, yeah, 2014. So I had gone to this jazz club and I saw this really fantastic female jazz drummer. And originally I wanted to use her, but she was too busy with other projects and she, I, I said, well, you know, can you recommend someone? And she had a, a student that she had been working with and she recommended him. So we, we uh, went to a practice room with him, you know, Orrin and I, the guitarist and I, and uh, played with him after he listened to the demos and, you know, we gave him some direction about what we wanted and we felt like he could do the job. So after I don't know, three or four rehearsals in the practice room. We just went into the studio and recorded all the basic tracks live, just guitar, bass, drums. And then we, you know, did guitar overdubs, vocals, and, you know, much later, the deluxe part of the project added many other tracks. Was this your first time working with, uh, not just, so we know you've worked with expats before, was this your first time working with, uh, nationals of the country you were living in taiwan in this case uh i guess so since uh you know the the bands that i played with in korea i think they were pretty much all expats right i don't remember any uh, korean musicians playing with us maybe i'm forgetting someone mm. maybe it, you know some of those jams at the old stompers are probably some Koreans <laughs> that got on stage with us at one time or another, but yeah, no doubt. 
Yeah, but there weren't any like Korean guys or gals in the bands that I was playing in. So yeah, that's probably the first time. But you know, like both of the keyboardists on on the, the deluxe album, uh, both keyboardists are Taiwanese. In addition to the drummer, it's like several Taiwanese musicians. Yeah, and by the sense of the album, really great players, you know, drummer especially, good solid drums. Very, yeah, very solid. There's a, actually, the, there's a, an American percussionist that, that appears on the two, one or two of the deluxe tracks. Um, and if he's available for my next project, I'll, I'll probably uh, try to use him because he's, you know, got, he's got a great sound. Very, uh, if I told him I want Charlie Watts, he could play that style. I want John Bonham, no problem. I want Ringo, okay. <laughs> he's got all three programmed then, eh? Yeah, he's pretty, pretty versatile, but we'll see. Nah, that's great though. The main, main thing is the guitarist. I've got to, got to find someone new. It'll be hard to replace Oren, but yeah, you know, uh, it'll <clears throat> be someone new with a, who brings a different sound and a different vibe. So that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. And uh, as we know, this kind of expat life you have, is very transient. Eh? People come and people go and you move on to the next thing and it adds something and, you know, replaces something or fills in a gap or they might just be there for six months or it's all yeah. a bit you know here and now and let's get it done let's get it on yeah well um since i'm not really focused on playing live and i'm just you know i is basically a studio band and i'm okay with that i've just accepted it i like writing and recording music so you know if i can just get someone to come in for an afternoon and lay down their track i don't need them after that i don't have to depend on them to play shows with me for three months or six months or whatever and scheduling conflicts and work gets in the way and all of these other rock and roll things yeah all of that. exactly before we listen to uh, one of the songs from the album Maybe we talk about the theme of the song we're going to listen to. It's it's the one we've chosen is dystopian theme song. Could you, could you give us a little more uh, insight or info on what it's about? Um, well, the uh, I wrote the the guitar part and the the riff actually a long time ago. Back when I was still in Korea, I had like the the chords, and uh, I knew that I would use it for something later so i had the, the basic music already written and then uh no, i was thinking about the current geopolitical situation or back in 2014 not not much has changed like, <laughs> geopolitical situation and the increasingly dystopian world that we live in and uh i just uh decided that okay one verse will be based on the orwellian dystopia and one verse will be based on the Huxleyan dystopia and so you know if you look at the lyric I think everything there's also, sense. there's also a great video that goes along with this uh, did that take long to make it took forever man I mean uh, I worked with my friend Kevin Cooley on that and uh, I had the basic 
concept in mind. You know, it's like dystopian theme song. It's like some some dystopian TV show or or uh, you know psychotic newscast. And <laughs> that's so a good way I, to put it. Yeah, the idea was to have this this. Uh, unhinged you know newscaster journalist broadcasting with with a, a bombardment of messages in english and chinese and you know everything that you see when you turn on fox news or cnn or whatever heaven forbid uh, eh? yeah and all right we'll definitely link uh the video in the show notes and uh put that out there because it's definitely worth watching so how about we listen to the track would you like to introduce it mark well this is uh i think Oren and i agreed that this was our best track like of the nine songs on carmina formosa we were most happy with this one and the the version in the video is the original carmina formosa version so it's just guitar bass drums vocals uh, the new version features keyboards as well, but we haven't put that on YouTube yet. That'll come out later. All right. Without further ado, dystopian theme song. Stay. 
listen to them in sequence there is a kind of I don't know pattern there's like a it begins with a, a love song and then moves into like spiritual themes then there are some there's some social commentary and it sort of peaks with dystopian theme song and let me do it which is pretty heavy rocker and then there's like a sex song and then it ends with another love song. So there's, there's kind of a gentle rise and then fall somewhere after the middle. Uh, and the, the two, the beginning track and then the ending track are kind of like bookends, I guess. They're both love songs or relationship songs. So it's like it starts with the personal and then it ends with the personal, I guess you could say. Did you write the songs in any particular order or was it more ideas you had in mind and then it was a case of kind of putting them together, as you were saying, in this kind of, you know, the, the sequence that the, the scene yeah. plays in? Um, no, I just had like nine random songs. At some point, I decided nine would be the magic number, not ten. And uh, I guess it was later that I thought about the the sequence but i i, I felt like i i didn't want to start out too forcefully in the beginning i wanted to like ease into it so i just you know the pink floyd album animals right With yeah the, you got the you got the two acoustic tracks uh one at the beginning one at the end that was sort of a model that i use it's just a you know it starts out slow and low key and then there's drama in between, and then it ends where it began in a way. You get the full circle. Yeah. You were saying actually uh, earlier when we were talking a little bit, and it was a, what was it you said? A sex song. Can you tell us a little bit more of that? I'm sure, you know, as we say, sex sells, but. Oh, well, what's that? 
you had quite a bit of success with this tune. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know how we measure success. Success, acclaim, uh, please, hits. I don't really know how we measure it exactly. Well, the, the nice thing about it is uh, I uh, tweeted it out to uh, Dr. Susan Block, who's the sex therapist in, uh, in California. Where you know, else? when I wrote it, yeah, when I wrote it, I was like consciously trying to incorporate some of the themes that she emphasizes in her books and articles. And uh, it, it's called The Kinkster just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, uh, I forgot about that. But. Yeah, and I, I am singing in the first person, but, you know, people shouldn't necessarily identify me with the Kingster, okay? It's just a song, people. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I tweeted it out to her, and I uh, included the interview that I did with Hollywood progressive and uh, so she and I mentioned her in the interview as an inspiration and so she you know she liked the interview tweeted it out to her followers uh, she liked the song and basically adopted it as one of the unofficial theme songs of her podcast and, and show she does a weekly program and uh, yeah so <laughs> In in uh, in that sense, it was definitely a success. It was fantastic that she liked the song and, and recommended it to her listeners and followers. That was wonderful. And she's given us, uh, you know, several awards. Like she has these Dr. Susie awards at the end of the year. And so, I don't know, one year it was the best spanking song one year was the kinkiest song and i don't know i'm glad it covers more than one bass yeah it is the kingster after all so that's, <laughs> uh, that's right you can Variety. make it whatever you want to be <laughs> exactly so yeah that's the sex song that is track number eight we should put some of the the links to the articles and so on in the show notes and we can you know people can have a look at them there Sure. And, and also tune into the radio. Is her radio show still on? Is it still running? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's still doing, I think it's a weekly thing. She did have a show on HBO at one time, but now I think she's just broadcasting live from her own studio in Beverly Hills, I guess. Excellent. What about the rest of the the songs in the album? You were saying it, it kind of starts gently, then gets into this gradual progression of emotions and feelings and sounds. Uh, the next song that we're going to listen to is uh, is called If You Insist. And what's a bit of the background to that song, Matt? Well, that's the, that's the first song. Love song, relationship song. I don't know. The, the idea, well, that song began as an assignment. Uh, my wife uh, said, why don't you write a song called If You Insist? Because I was sort of a private joke between us she would ask me or I would ask her what do you want to do and she would say I don't know what do you want to do and I'd say well why don't we why don't we go to the movies or something and she would say fine if you insist she would say that about everything so it's like a little private joke it became a thing and it became a thing and so when I was 
writing new material, she said, why don't you just write a song called If You Insist? And so I like to have these assignments. Sometimes I give myself an assignment, but it, it often starts with a title like that. Okay, I'm going to write a song called If You Insist. I've got, the, I've got a nice guitar chord progression that I like. So let's, let's use that chord progression and then I'll just uh, write some lyrics. Title is If You Insist, Here We Go. Yeah, in the end, we ended up with a song called If You Insist. I mean, in general, is it, is it quite a long process for you? I mean, are all the songs different in the sense of how... So here you just explained like the starting point, which is, a, is a, that you've got to start somewhere. And this is as good as any, I think. But the actual writing process for you, does it, you know, some songs remain unfinished or some what really quickly? Is it just one of those things? Yeah, I mean, I've always got like riffs and uh, chord sequences that I'm playing around with. I mean, like if I, if I were to write, if I were to start writing a new album today, I would have pretty much all the music. I've got at least 10 chord sequences that I could use for songs. So it, it usually starts with that, and then I just think about themes and, and uh, titles, and then the lyrics usually come last. I mean, that's not true 100% of the time, but for me, that's how it seems to work most of the time. I, Of course, the chord patterns are most often written on guitar. A few songs I've written started out as piano, but usually I write with the guitar. Guitar and pen, as Pete Townsend would say. <laughs> when you were working with Oren, was it was it quite a straightforward process? You know, was it fun working with him? Oh yeah, it was great. I mean, like when we uh, when we started working on the arrangements. I mean, basically, I wrote all the songs. Everything was done. These are the chords. These are the lyrics. This is the melody. And then I did a, a demo. It's it's like what we did with the princess disease album like when i first met you i gave you what a demo of me singing all the tracks with an acoustic guitar and a complete songbook with lyrics and chords so it's the same thing like i write the whole album and i share it with the musician yeah the process was the same like that he had heard all of my original demos with just me in a room with an acoustic singing. And then um, we started talking about like, what should this sound like when we play it with a band? And so I, I pulled out the bass, he pulled out the guitar and we started working on arrangements. We talked about, I mean, we planned everything, you know, even beats per minute. Each song, <laughs> each song had to be different. Like it, we played, we played live, but we did, we did, use a click track in the studio to keep us to keep us uh keep you in check yeah we just we just had very definite ideas about what each song should sound like and tempo of each song so it was it was different it wasn't like when we did the princess disease album and it was basically just our live show in the studio um, yeah, it was it was a much more we were much more conscious about about how each track would sound. So, yeah, then we just told the drummer basically what we were going for, and then you know the arrangements that Warren came up with, like the guitar parts, were just 
brilliant, like nothing I could have imagined. His solos, it's, I, I think of our relationship as Roger Waters and David Gilmore. You know, he is like the, <laughs> he is like the, the David Gilmore of I. <laughs> and, I, you know, my bass parts are just very workmanlike. I'm not a virtuoso. I'm just trying to... You hold it all together, Mark. Yeah, I'm just trying to play something that helps helps uh, put the song over, but the the really uh, beautiful flourishes are are added by the the virtuoso guitarist. I mean, of course, I had like some ideas and like suggestions about feel and everything, but the the things that he came up with were just uh, incredible. That's quite the quite the plot. It's in where it's as good a time as any to play the song, I think. Then so.
Okay, welcome back. And uh, Mark, as we were talking about this before we heard the song there, the, the, yeah, the guitar really stands out in that track. It's The intro doesn't seem that long. It is quite a long intro, and I mean this in a really positive way, but it's, uh, yeah, it just sounds great. But it's totally different from the original version, right? Like the, the intro on the deluxe version, of course, is played by the keyboardist. So basically we had that guitar part that you hear on the original Carmen of Formosa and I wrote it on guitar, right? But then for the deluxe version, the intro is played by the keyboard. So it's a totally different vibe. I wanted more like a, I always imagined that song to be like a Paul McCartney silly love song, but there's also a bit of Van Morrison and uh, Stevie Wonder in it as well. So I, I'm really, I always heard this uh, keyboard and Howard, uh, the keyboardist, just did a fantastic job. I mean, there are two keyboard tracks on it, but just a really beautiful. It just adds so much color and drama and emotion. Yeah, well so for me, it's Sorry, for me, it's just more, I don't know, it's more what I heard in my head originally. I'm glad it all worked out. <laughs> where, can we, uh, where can we hear the, the album when it's coming out in the, the next few weeks? Well, it'll be on iTunes, Spotify, I don't know what else. I have to decide which platforms we want to distribute through this time. But uh, yeah, we'll... we'll continue to post new YouTube videos. Actually, we, Kevin Culey and I have just almost finished a new video for If You Insist. And we'll, we're using the deluxe track uh, for the video. Totally different from the dystopian theme song video. Would you, is it different in a more conventional sense? Or don't, 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 give, don't give too much away though. Well, there's no, there's no live performances. It's all just images. Uh, basically, it's like someone flipping through a photo album. There's like, I don't know how many, a hundred images all swiped left in sync with the music. And they're pretty random images. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's not your conventional love song video by any means, but that's good. We don't want to do things that people expect. We want to do the unexpected. Yeah, right on. Okay, look forward to seeing that when it comes out. I'm sure you'll keep us posted. Just to wrap things up then today, Mark, uh, at the end of the episode, I like to spend a bit of time with a guest and put together a top five in no particular order. Are you up for it? Sure, yeah. All right. Tell us an artist that we should be listening to. Okay, well, um, as far as current bands go, have you heard of the Black Angels? Yes. I had to think about that. They did the theme song for one of those HBO shows, True Detective yeah. or something like that, yeah? I don't know about that. Maybe maybe so. Maybe so. I, I think the, fir the first one with Woody Harrelson and is it Matthew McConaughey or whatever. I think they did the I think they did the theme for that. Okay, I didn't know that. I I've not seen that, so I don't know. Um, one of their songs is on uh, is used in one episode of uh, Ozark. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. Okay. That's uh, what is the name of that song? Grab All You Can or something like that. It's yeah, got right. the refrain, dope fiends, that's what we are. It's a really interesting <laughs> song. But that, that whole album 
It's their most recent release, I think. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I think it came out last year or the year before. Yeah, it was, it's not that long ago. Yeah, it's called Death Song. Yeah, so great. The Black Angels Death Song. It's like a an allusion to a Velvet Underground song, but they're uh, yeah, they're great. As far as current bands go, I would say they're probably my favorite, along with Killing Joke. Maybe I like what they've been doing recently. Yeah, but great. you know, there's so much old music that I am still exploring. I don't need to tell you, but everyone needs to listen to more Roxy music. <laughs> Definitely. You know, like... It never gets old. Siren is such a great album. Avalon is great for your pleasure. Really good stuff. And I, I'm just, like, discovering it now or just in the past few years. I've, I've gotten into it. They were never really on my radar before. And uh, let's see. Have you heard of a group called Fanny? I have, yeah. It's an old ghetto group from the 70s. Yes, yes. Yeah. And they are... They are fantastic. There's yeah. one, album, one album of theirs that I've listened to multiple times. I can't remember it now. I think it's their second one. It's great, man. Great songwriting, great performances. And um, one of, it's, it's two Filipina-American. Yeah, right. That's it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, one, one of the sisters was, <laughs> she had like a relationship with David Bowie uh, and uh like he was, he was a fan of theirs, I think, and he sent them a fan letter. And, and one of the sisters was like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> but the, other, the other one, the other one, I think, knew about him. And then, like, I don't know, they started a relationship. And he praised them very highly. He's like, "It's it's an outrage that that people don't know more about this group. I mean, their songwriting is excellent. They're they're great performers. Yeah, musicianship's great. Yeah." It's good stuff, so I recommend them. And I think I've I seen know. a video of them of you know, there's an old German music show called Beat Club. Yes. So I think I think one of the clips I've seen was uh, from that show, or it's from an American show of the same time. But yeah, great stuff. Really good, really fun. Um, do you know the group Love? No. For, forever changes. No, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Well, they they came out with. I don't know, three or four albums, but their masterpiece is called Forever Changes. And it's been a huge influence. Like I think the Stone Roses said it was their favorite album. I know Robert Plant loved Love. Uh, it's kind of like, well, it's it's a psychedelic classic, I guess. But that, that one album, Forever Changes, really good stuff. All right, I shall add that to the, the playlist. How about a guilty pleasure, Mark? Uh, a band or artist that you shouldn't like, but you do. All right, well, I hate to admit this, but I really like ABBA. Oh, yeah, it's not the worst, eh? I was thinking the same, you know? <laughs> when I was putting this together, I thought, yeah, it's definitely not the worst, that's for sure. I mean, their their songs are so infectious. Their, their lyrics are pretty insipid most of the time, but such uh, amazing melodies and arrangements and i mean it's just you you just uh, feel happy <laughs> listening to them singing yeah. along with them it's it's uh i don't know it's it's pretty good stuff uh, it's of, of, i guess they're they're hits let's say maybe if you listen to a whole album you'll find some garbage on there i don't know but their hits are just gold 
I think that's the name of the album, isn't it? It's gold or whatever, or it's yeah. gold letters. Yeah, it's that one. Yeah. Like, yeah, you won't really find a bad track till it gets near the end of the, the career. Was it Super Trooper and all that? And uh, it gets a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the early stuff's just fantastic, you know? Well, I've got I've got another one for you, too. Yeah, go for it, man. Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Abandoned Luncheonette's a great album. Okay, okay. So that so I don't have to feel guilty about it. No. I don't know. I guess I have all these dark secrets too, eh? So. All right. Well. Uh, Any particular era, or just at all? Uh, I don't know. I guess there's some disco that I like, but I wouldn't say that's a huge influence. I'm I'm pretty much a classic rock kind of guy. Yeah, aren't we all at heart, eh? What about uh, who would you most like to collaborate with and why if you were putting together a, another project, as it were? Well, I will be soon. and <laughs> That's true. I need a new guitarist, so if Jeff Beck is available, I hope he comes to Taiwan. <laughs> well, he played in Korea not long ago. I think he's actually played in South Korea a few times. Okay. I wonder what I would have to do to get him to come to the studio with us. Suitcase full of cash usually works for me. Yeah. Or maybe a bottle of something. I mean, of course, there are so many others. I would love to work with Paul McCartney. How amazing would that be? Stranger things have happened. Yeah. How about what's yeah, your... He worked, with, he worked oh. with Kanye. Why not me? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Uh, yeah, the world's taking a stranger day-by-day thing, yeah? What about uh, in we from our time in South Korea? We know that karaoke or nori bang, as it's called, there is very popular. Do, in Taiwan, is it a thing? You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Did they love it too? Yeah, uh, I don't go very often here, but. Um, What's your go-to tune? Well, if it's in the if it's in the book, I try to sing uh, "Let's Dance" by David Bowie. That usually works pretty well, if you know, there are females in the room. It's not not as fun for me to sing that to, you know, a group of males. It has <laughs> a, a different effect. Yeah, different vibe. But if, uh, you know, if that's, if they don't have that and often they don't, you can always find a Beatles classic and just... Everyone knows it, everyone sings along, so that usually works pretty well. Actually, just thinking about there that now, that uh, Let's Dance album had some great players on it. I think it came out in like 83 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was Stevie Ray Vaughan was on it, and yeah. another guy called, was it, the drummer was Tony Thomas, who was in Chic, and he was like a Nile Rodgers, his drummer. Some, yeah, great, it, some great players. Is it Tony Thompson, the guy that plays? Tony Thompson, yes. Exactly, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicked okay. drummer. Well, does Nile Rodgers play bass on that, or what? I think so, yeah. It's like one of those, he, yeah. he produced it. He produced it. I think he played on some of the tracks. But yeah, that's definitely Stevie Ray Vaughan doing the solo on China Girl. And he toured with him for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's just a... Yeah, well, David, David Bowie had that great knack of bringing people together and then doing something different and making it sound good, better than what he did before. It was hard to hard to put it into kind of a box, you know, and kind of, uh, yeah, well, this is what he did in... Uh, chameleon-esque, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. 
Well, yeah, every, every project was different and he always, or almost always seemed to find collaborators that he could work well with, you know? And that's sort of, that's my challenge too, find people that will bring something, something new to the mix and something unexpected. That's always a wonderful thing. You know, it's a, of course I have my own ideas and I, I want something that approximate approximates my ideas but you know great players can can bring that and something extra you know something more that you never expected and it just makes the arrangements that much better yeah we're all looking for that something but extra and that's what it that's where it's at how about the last question uh, your ultimate rock trio ultimate rock trio guitar drums and bass your choice man oh my that's a difficult one. Um, let's say McCartney on bass, um, Charlie Watts on drums, and oh, let's go with Jeff Beck on guitar. How would that sound? Yeah, it's different. I think that, <laughs> I, guess, I guess Paul would sing. Yeah, I'm sure he would take control. Eh? Yeah, that would be interesting. Should get those guys in a room. Uh, well, wireless time. They're all yeah. They're all still around, aren't they? Yeah, I think Charlie Watts is still playing with the Stones live as well. Mm-hmm. Still kicking it. Yeah, got that. That got that. He's got that final gig still in him. We look forward to hearing the new album. All right, man. It was great catching up with you. Thanks for having me, Craig. Anytime. Hopefully, we get back together in the next couple of months. We can. Pick up where we left off because you get plenty on the go. Sounds good. All right, man. Cheers. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Can't Find My Way Home. I get the dog here at my feet. Oh, man. And especially thanks to Mark Well for uh, his contribution to this episode. Hopefully in the not-too-distant future we'll get together again and we have a lot more to talk about. His writing, there's more music. Uh, We actually made an album together in Korea, which will be 10 years ago. And I know he was doing some remastering with those tracks. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. There's also links in the show notes on our Anchor FM page. Uh, so I'll post the notes for the video links, uh, the interview at the Kingster, which is a pretty interesting read. And yeah, everything will be there. So please check out his work. Where can you find us? Uh, can't find my way home. This is only the second episode. So you can find us on Facebook at Expat Music Pod. Just search for Can't Find My Way Home. You can also find us on Instagram at can't.findmywayhome. That dot makes all the difference, of course. Finally, you can find us all on anchor.fm. There's links to our YouTube page, Spotify, and a whole bunch of other channels there. You can listen directly. You can also download Anchor's app, and that way you can listen to the podcast through that. It's all free. Don't have to sign up for anything. All above board. Please search for Can't Find My Way Home. 
all one word. Thanks again for tuning in. There'll be another episode up soon. See you on the next one. Cheers. this episode I Can't Find My Way Home I spoke with Mark Will. Mark is a writer and musician in permanent exile. Currently based on the island of Taiwan, he's also the editor-in-chief of Cadmus and Harmony Media. His most recent book is the story collection, Jigs and Tales of Baldry. Will is also the director of the Taipei-based musical collective, AI, whose album Carmina Formosa Deluxe is scheduled for release in March of 2020. We talked about writing and recording the album in Taiwan, themes and issues in the songs, the songwriting process, and of course, there's a couple of songs from the album. We also have a look at the top five at the end of the podcast, so stick around for that. It's always a bit of fun. With all that in mind, let's get right to it. Here's Mark Will. <laughs>